To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. Clytus, I'm bored. How to start? What plaything can you offer me today? In Life Itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it. The audio surrounded me. Molded by it. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie, but it continues to entertain me. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Welcome to the first syllable. If you're listening as this show comes out, you know, I didn't put an episode out last week, and I didn't even announce a reason. I think I've mentioned on this show several things about myself that would probably add up. Autism, ADHD, depression, anxiety. I've been having a sort of creative dead end, I guess. is It's not the accurate term, but it fits. Where I have my three other shows going, and I was getting ready to record some episodes for that, and it just hit me that I didn't. I wasn't sure why I was doing this. Why I keep making podcasts? Why I put these three currently on that are going to last a couple years and I'm ready for the next project and I don't. It's a problem. I conceive of things and they're great ideas and then I'm, it, it, the execution sometimes is beyond me. I wanted to do my Curse of Straw D&D campaign as a podcast and our recordings were messed up in the early episodes and I didn't know how to fix that and then it just built and built and built and I don't know that I can even try to fix any of that or fix the later episodes or make it into a show. But that has also made it kind of more fun to run because now it's just a D&D campaign I'm running, but I also want to do a D&D campaign that is a Twitch stream or a YouTube or a podcast because I want to be in that moment and play that thing and be able to have an audience for something. Most podcasts don't have an audience. You do it because you have to talk about these things. I was listening to Off to Broadway. I've been thinking a lot about musicals lately. And I will circle this back around to the last syllable of recorded time, by the way. But mostly this is a rant about writer's block, I guess. Creator's block. But I was listening to Off to Broadway, an old episode. And a couple things occurred to me. Before I get to the line in particular that really hit, I would mention they were talking about musicals that made you love musicals and realized this was a thing you wanted to spend more time with in your life. And I was thinking about musicals I liked when I was young, because I saw a lot as a kid. We lived in Pasadena. Glendale Center Theater wasn't that far off, so we'd drive over here, see a show. I think tickets were like $12, which was awesome. It's a theater in the round here in Glendale. I live in Glendale now, but pandemic kind of killed that theater, and it's closed and for sale right now. But I also hadn't seen a show there in a while, because now I can afford to see shows at bigger places, like the Pantages, the Amundsen. And I realized the characters I connected with and old things, it makes so much sense given who I know I am as an adult now. Connecting to Mordred in Camelot, knowing all the lines to his song so much that when I was sick and couldn't make it, when my family went to see the show again one night, I'd seen it a few times, but 
they went without me one night. My mom got Mordred to sign my program, and apparently she told them all about how I would sing this along with the songs, and he wrote down, like, didn't know I had an understudy this whole time. Glad you love it, or something like that. Unfortunate musical-related thing. This isn't a show about musicals, but... Actually, if it were a show about musicals, we'd be in danger of an interesting discussion episode with my wife about the recent revival of Oklahoma. That's what got me thinking about musicals again in the last few weeks. At the same time that I've been having trouble with all of this other stuff. Creative energy. Sometime in some move somewhere in the last ten years, I don't know when. I don't know if it was on purpose in a fit of, like, fuck these things, my life sucks. Which it could have been, depending on the time. Moving out when my wife and I separated, perhaps. But I no longer have my collection of old playbills, which included that signed one, and my signed Phantom of the Opera thing with multiple cast members, because we hung out at the cast exit tour for that one a few times. Now I don't even get the physical playbill anymore at the theater. They have a QR code so you can read the stuff on your phone. I'm like, I'll just get that if I need to look up some information about a cast member or something. Because it seems weird to start the collection anew, 30-some years later or whatever. But Mordred, you know, connecting to the villain, connecting to the Phantom and Phantom of the Opera, that a lot of people did, and especially people that are fans of musicals, where, you know, we're different. I didn't really play D&D when I was a teen, although I did try a few RPGs, played D&D once. I didn't know people who did. I went to a private school. That wasn't something we were going to be doing on a regular basis. We'd get in trouble. Hell, I got sent to the principal's office reading the Lone Wolf novels at school. My parents made me throw away my collection, which at the time was 16 books, 14 books? I forget, we were past the second set of six. Connecting to Mark and Rant, actually, to be fair, originally I loved Roger, but they're both sort of got their problems. It's interesting. This show. No. I'll get that out when I get to the thing. No. This show. Losing the order here. Because I don't want to do what I'm afraid I'm going to do, which is go on a sort of emotional rant about the idea of creating and wanting to do this, even though you know it isn't going to go anywhere. And I understand that feeling, wanting to be a filmmaker and a writer from when I was young, writing multiple novels, none of which were ever going to go anywhere or be published. I submitted short stories to magazines when I was a teenager, but a lot of those short stories were awful. By the time I wrote anything that could probably objectively be good, I think I'd given up on really submitting stuff anywhere, which is unfortunate. But this show has become this sort of exploration of my inability to write the thing I want to write, because it's all about prep. This is what I do when I'm making a D&D world. I talked about this when running Curse of Strahd. I went and looked up every Ravenloft thing to make mine bigger. My future D&D campaign that I want to run is a town I have created, and I've been expanding and expanding it in my head and in notes, knowing I might never actually run it. It's just there. My Guardia books have a glossary and character guide. My Diamond Bay, Diamond Cove stuff had a character list, alphabetized, cross-referenced. Now I'd probably do that on some sort of wiki thing online, but this is just in Word. Or Word Perfect first, then Word. Because I said before, I'm a world builder. By the time I've built the world, it might be too late. The energy might be spent. Same goes for podcasts. Same goes for screenplays. The screenplay is involving so much prep that maybe I'll never actually write it. Maybe that's not going to be the point. At which point I don't know when this show ends. And then this past weekend, Halloween Ends came out and 
in recording a review of that, I kind of talked about the story structure, and maybe I'll include a clip from that here. I imagine in a future version of Halloween, or Haddonfield, a remake as series, where we start with Prologue, the Celts, and uh, we show that dance in the, was the late 1800s. We show Michael's birth. We show that this town has problems, and Michael is a symptom, not a cause. But by the Thorn Colts' reasoning, he's also the cure. Hmm. And it goes somewhere. It has a point. You could deal in, like, current sort of themes that horror films can be about. Otherization, stereotyping, the fact that we create classes of people just so we can blame them for our problems. This evil in Haddonfield, you accept it or you reject it. And it builds up to the mob. And evil dies tonight. And maybe the only way for evil to die tonight is we go for some original carry ending, burning the town. I think Salem's Lot gets destroyed, too. Work with that. If you're going to play the town as a thing, you don't just have it be a one-off in your middle film of your trilogy. Make it matter. Because I'm starting to just think of things again and want back in, and it hasn't even been that long a break, but it has been this sort of gradual descent into it, so it's been a few weeks. But only one week where I didn't release any episodes and didn't tell anyone, and it was just like, fuck that. I'm going to go away and settle and regroup. And then a couple things happened. My wife and I went to see the search for signs of intelligent life in the universe. One woman play. And there's this moment at the very end of the show. She's been trying to explain to them the difference between art and soup, which is a running joke from the beginning of the show. And she takes them to the theater and she realizes too late that they're not watching the show. They're watching the audience. And they tell her the show is the soup. The audience is art. And I had this weird sort of epiphany in the moment where I realized why I was doing these things, why I make podcasts, where I talk about movies. And then just last night, I'm listening to Off to Broadway, and one of the hosts says, a friend asked her why she goes to New York for three days and sees five musicals and doesn't do anything else. Because, you know, there's lots else to do in New York. And she said, because that's what makes me happy. Having an outlet to talk about movies which have been my special interest since before I understood what a special interest even is. Well, long before I understood. Talking about movies, watching movies, critiquing them, using them to talk about everything else. This makes me happy. So, as soon as I can reschedule that last set of episodes for my Existential Trilogy, maybe next week, those shows will be back. This show will continue. And maybe I'll never write the last syllable of recorded time. I don't know. I did promise that this would circle back to that, and specifically is the notion of musicals. I talked about how I want this thing to end before, and one of my first notes for the last syllable of recorded time was this thing where he's talking about the Groundhog Day musical, and he's like, air, and he brings Tim Minchin into frame to explain who he's talking about. And he's like, maybe he'll write a song for us later. And I would love the idea of getting Tim Minchin to write a song for the end of the movie, or write multiple songs, or do the score. All these huge ideas. My ideas often go bigger than I could ever execute. And I just have to accept that, I guess. But specifically, this notion of this final song, I had a specific idea for how complex it would have to be, and why it would absolutely fit for Tim Minchin to write it. Because if you've ever heard his lyrics, you know how complicated and elaborate he can be. And I imagine the last few minutes of the movie before the cut to black, let's say 
four minutes to midnight. The song begins. They're singing it. And then at midnight, it switches back to three minutes to midnight. But something about the way that line cut off at midnight and continues into the new line, the song makes sense in a different way. Gets to midnight, cuts to two minutes to midnight. And you get a new meaning in this new combination of middle of line to end of line. And then at midnight, it switches back to one minute to midnight. And that last minute of the song feels different because it cut in in a different part of the lyrics. And creating complicated lyrics like that that switch off on the exact time. But that precision, that exactness, that's the thing I want in my head and don't know if I can execute with the rest of the script. With my D&D campaign. And I stick the landing on these three other podcasts I'm doing now. Continue them for another year and a half or more. I haven't done the math. Since I've been doing breaks with them, it makes them take even longer. I stuck out Annihilation. One episode a week, one minute a week. I think I only took one week off, not counting the weeks of Thanksgiving, because the show came out on Thursdays. So I took off every Thanksgiving. Was that three Thanksgivings in a row, I think? And I think I stuck the landing on that show. I know that show isn't for everyone. It's like an audiobook version of a movie, with musical interludes, some of them convoluted and too much. At least one of which I have toyed with the idea of re-editing and just switching out the episode. But also, I think it just has to be what it was. And I have to be what I am and talk about movies, and talk about writing here, and be. If you have trouble writing, that's okay. If you have trouble being creative in the ways you've chosen to, that's okay. doesn't mean you give up on everything. Just write it out. Find it when you loop back to it. Or at worst, move on. You don't have to lament. Just continue. Cut. The, uh... It's a past stuff that dreams are made of. Another world. You still here? It's over, Johnny. It's over. It's over. Nothing is over. Go home. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. Go. 